0: In John chapter 16, we've come to the end of a section of Jesus ministering to his disciples just prior to him praying in John 17. And in the last couple verses there of John 16, we find that. The Lord tells his disciples that they are going to be scattered, each to his own, and that they would leave Jesus alone, they'd leave him by himself, and he says, yet I am not alone because the Father is in me. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He tells them there in his final words before his prayer, In the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trials. You're going to have difficulty. But be of good cheer. He's about ready to go to the cross, hours away from going to the cross. And he's ministering to them you are about to go through some major tribulation in this life. But be of good cheer. I have overcome, I have overcome the world. powerful, powerful text there in John 16 for us this morning. The world. You think of the world in which we live in and God created it, didn't he? We find that in Genesis chapter 1, he goes through and just describes his creation, all that that he has made. At the end of, of chapter 1, he says, then God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. It was very good. My family was able to go to a wedding this last weekend in Colorado. And so we, we drove, I drove from here to to Colorado with the kids. And um, we saw all different kinds of landscape going through. I mean, you, you drive through the desert there going Going through some of those areas, and it's it, it looks like um, someone just masterfully carved these different rocks out there in the middle of the desert. It's just beautiful. And then we continued through, and we went to into Colorado and drove into the ski area of Telluride. And I had never been there before, but oh my goodness, what one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. Just snow it snowed for three days snow on the trees snow on the mountains um it, just incredible and we spent some days there tasha my wife flew out um you might wonder why she didn't go with us it's because she's a cpa and they, they frown upon taking a week off in this time of year so she she boldly left and flew out on wednesday to to, to join us and um and so together we just were there. We drove another six hours or five hours to go towards where the wedding was after that. And just going through the mountain ranges, and you're you're looking, and it just you just get joy from from the beauty of it. You get joy from watching your kids just be in awe of what God's created. And, and there's joys in this life, aren't there? Joys of laughter, joys of of just Family love and love from friends and joys from our creator and all that he has done. And yet, there early in Genesis, you see that it goes from all that God made that was very good to the fall. To the fall. Man falling into sin and sin entering into the world and Magnitude of the fall was great, to say the least. You go through times in in history where maybe even where many people are today, where they look around and they still feel like man is basically good, mankind is basically good. I mean, they get corrupted by those that are around them in their environment, but man's basically. Good. You, you you go through times of history, much like today, where people will have thoughts like, How could a merciful God send, send good people to hell? How is that even possible that God would send good people to hell just because they didn't grow into a Christian home, or just because they didn't believe this, or just because they believe what their parents taught them? How can God send people to hell. And, and I think that when people's minds are in that place, they, they fail to understand biblically the, the significance of the fall. The fall was great. Um, what took place just shortly after the fall is you have Cain and Abel being born and um, brothers. What takes place? Cain kills Abel. Murder right away not of a bad guy not of somebody that deserved to be murdered of someone whose offering was accepted by god anger jealousy rage murder you find mankind just continue just to fall into all kinds of wickedness you see what takes place in the days of noah where where there's just incredible wickedness wickedness taking place all over the face of the earth we find God judging the earth and, and causing a great flood to come upon the earth but saving Noah and his family. And, and you you picture the ark and you picture all the animals are on the ark and you picture Noah and his family and they're there on the ark and you picture it just being like, okay, God saved these people, this family. They ought to cherish him forever and ever and ever. And And what happens? They get off the ark and... All kinds of sin takes place. Noah being drunk, his nakedness, the sin of his children. And we, we watch and just look throughout history and find um, times of history like Sodom and Gomorrah, times of history, um, even amongst God's people where you, you see them unthankful. You see them falling into just gross sin. You find them falling into just, Adultery and and idolatry. And David, a man after God's own heart, committing adultery and lying and having someone murdered. The fall was great. Throughout history, we've seen not only murders and um, hatred, but... Where it just becomes huge, um, genocide taking place, the Holocaust occurring, where six million Jews are are killed. Um, six million. You, you can't go someplace like the concentration camp there in, in Dachau, Germany, there near Munich. Any of you have ever been there? Um, I've been there a couple times. And um, I've been there because I'll take missionary teams over there and I'll say, like, we're going to go to this place. Like, no one's going to leave saying, I'm so glad we came here. Uh, but you need to go. Like, you need to see what took place. And then there, there won't be a dry eye of all the people that go in there. The atrocities of, of, of the murders that occurred. One and a half million children killed out of the six million Jews that were killed. The way in which they killed them. Nobody leaves that place thinking, man's basically good. You see just the putridness within man's heart, what man is capable of. During that time, it doesn't even mention the, the nearly five million other people that were not Jews that were killed people who were handicapped, people that were just different, people that were mentally ill. Even in recent history, we find genocide occurring. Um, People killing people just because they look different. People killing people because they're of a different tribe. People killing people because they believe something different. We see it in Darfur, an area where Um, Some of us have spent some time. I know Steve spent a considerable amount of time there, Steve Wolf. Um, It's estimated that over 400,000 people were killed just in that small region of Sudan. Um, We see genocide occurring in places like, like Rwanda and maybe up to even a million people killed there. Syria at this particular time, just in the last few years, for 12,000 people more than likely that have been killed there. There's wars that take place and atrocities that have occurred. In the last, in the year 2015, there were 2,859 terrorist attacks in 53 different countries. 27,589 people killed in 2015 alone. In the last 30 days, there's been 86 attacks, 716 people killed, 1,294 injured, and 26 of those 86 were suicide blasts. This is less than the last 30 days over 19 countries. Sin is just gross. Sin brings people to a place, the fall brings people to a place in which they do whatever is right in their own eyes. They go against the word of the Lord. They go against the commandments of God. The nature of man is exposed. Not only that, but within the the fall came just see the world fell as well there's famine there's disease there's natural disasters there's suffering we see painful painful things take place during the time of of the the black plague throughout europe there in the the 14th century over a period of just Less than a decade, it's estimated that for 200 million people killed were killed from this bubonic plague. You imagine the fall. I mean, if if if, if that kind of plague took place today, you would, you would imagine just the weeping and the weeping and the, the 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 pain of losing a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a friend, a child. I mean, the the fall being so great to where you have areas where entire, entire villages, entire towns were just wiped out. It's a result of the fall. It's a result of sin. It's a result of it entering into this world. We find our bodies failing. We find disease entering into our bodies. We find us... Ourselves being a place where we we start to long for our new heavenly bodies, don't we? I did a funeral here yesterday, and someone came up to me afterwards and said, Kevin Otsuji, did you... They said, I used to work at Shibuku High School, um did you have a son that coached there like 25 years ago? It's like, really? So you're thinking I'm hovering around 70 right now. Is that which is that your thought? And I I just, I came home and I'm like, the years have not been kind to me, sweetheart. This is what was said. Um, this was not an uneducated man. This was someone who runs schools. Okay? So I I, I sat there just going, yeah, no, that was me. <laughs> that was me 25 years ago coaching at Tribico. That was me. Um, I hate the fall. I hate it. But we see sin, we see divisions that take place between family and friends. we see stress, we see anxiety, we see trials, we see troubles, we see the horrible consequences of sin. we see separation between man and and, and god and and that being because of our sin in the light of his holiness and we see the battles that take place between principalities and powers there's a devil, and there's his fallen angels, we see people falling into all kinds of sin, find murders, rape, living in a world where sexual sin is everywhere and where it just seems to grow worse and worse. A world filled with covetousness and idolatry, wanting and desire and longing for possessions and things in the lives of other people. We see people lie and we see people steal and we see people just trying to get whatever they can. There's so much pride in this world and there's so much boasting. There's blasphemous talk and foolish disputes and quarreling and hurtful gossip there's drug addiction, there's alcohol addictions, there's heresies, there's false teachings, there's those that make God into their own image. There's sin everywhere. The fall the fall is great. You think of the myriads of people that have gone to bed just weeping. As death has entered into their home, disease Division, heartache. And Jesus says to the disciples In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Again, this world, you're going to have tribulation. In this world, you're going to go through trials and troubles and tribulation, difficulties. You're going to go through these things to where you will lay in bed in tears. You will be brought before those who will desire to kill you. They will kill you at times, he tells the disciples. You're going to have sickness and you're going to have pain. You're going to have heartache. But be of good cheer you, you see that this world that we live in although there's the beauty of mountains and there's the beauty of oceans and there's the beauty of creation and there's the beauty within relationships and friendships and children and love there is in this fallen world incredible heartache and tribulation but how is it that the creator of this universe says but be of good cheer it's followed by the words i have overcome the world i have overcome the world that changes everything for us brothers and sisters he has overcome the world he's overcome it he's at this place in his in his Life in which there's just hours left and he's looking forward to to what is about to take place as if it has already occurred. He's there about ready to go to the cross, already knowing that his hands will be pierced, his feet will be pierced. Already knowing all that will occur because it's so detailed for us throughout the Old Testament and him being God. He knew what was about to occur. We're going to find him in the garden Literally just minutes or a short time from right here sweating drops of blood. And just the anguish of what is about to occur to him. But he's looking ahead of his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. And he says, I have overcome the world. I've overcome it. This is the best news imaginable for us. You look at the life of Christ and you see that in the life of Christ, he fulfilled all righteousness. Perfect obedience all the way through. You you think of Christ being born and just there at the very beginning, they're trying to find where it is that this child's been born, even putting children to death in this effort to try to, to find him. Growing up in a world in which there is disease, in which there is pain, in which there is heartache. Growing up in a a world in which there's sin that's all around him, which without a doubt would have been taking place. And yet he was without sin. Perfect. Being in a place where it tells us that we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. He overcame the world. When the world threw out him everything they could possibly throw at him, when, when he was in a place of, of being tempted, when he was in a p- place of fasting for 40 days, being in, in a place where, where everything in our human flesh would have said, like, I want Food. I want that now. You see that he's tempted and says things like, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When, when, when the temptation was thrown to him to take all of the power that he was worthy of here on earth, he didn't take it. When he had the ability to just wipe people out, he did not do it. When he had the ability to To call legions of angels down to rescue him, he did not do it. He turned the other cheek. He went towards the cross. He overcame the world. There was no sin in him whatsoever. I mean, if anybody wanted Christ to fall, it was Satan. And Satan threw everything that he possibly could have thrown at him. And yet, perfect holiness throughout the entirety of his life here on earth. That is good news for us. That is good, good news for us. When you start thinking about the perfection of of Christ and you start picturing him and, and just thinking, he always did the things that pleased the Father. His food was to do the will of him who sent him to finish the work. He always loved his neighbor as himself. He always loved the Lord as God with all of his heart and all of his mind and all of his soul and all of his strength. He always did that. Never was there a time where he coveted anything. Never was there a time where gossip came forth out of his mouth. Never was there a time where there was a hatred that was sinful to the point where he would have been in sin. Even when they were spitting upon him and pulling out his beard and whipping him, never, ever did he even so much as open his mouth. He was quiet as a lamb was led to the slaughter. So he opened not his mouth. He overcame the world. When sexual sin was all around, he never, ever, not once fell. Not once. When he could have had whatever he desired to have, we're told that he didn't even have a place to lay his head. Acquainted with sorrows. He lived A perfect life. He didn't act like the world. He didn't love himself first. He didn't act selfishly. He didn't hate his enemies. He didn't go after the affirmations of the elite. The Pharisees. The Sadducees. He didn't try to raise himself in his earthly position. Amazing God that we serve. Charles Spurgeon says this in relation to this. He says, and now, brethren, I ask you whether you have not found it so. Is it not true at this moment that the world is overcoming you? Does self-govern you? Are you working to acquire wealth for your own aggrandizement? Are you living to win the honor and fame among men? Are you afraid of men's frowns? Are you a slave? Are you the slave of popular opinion? Do you do things because it was the custom to do them? Are you the slaves of fashion? If you are, you know nothing about this victory. But if you are true Christians, I know what you can say: Lord, I am thy servant. thou hast loosed my bonds henceforth. The world has no dominion over me. And though it tempt me and frighten me and flatter me, yet still I rise superior to it by the power of thy spirit. For the love of Christ constrains me, and I live not unto myself and not unto the things that are seen, but unto Christ and to things that are visible, and to things, that, and to things invisible. And then he goes on and says, If it be so, who has done this for you? Who but Christ, the overcomer? Who has formed you in the hope of glory, whereby be of good cheer. For you have overcome the world by virtue of his dwelling in you. Radical. You start looking and you start thinking like, have I overcome the world? What a glorious thing it is to say the Holy Spirit is in me and making it so those things are not my gods anymore. It's not my God as far as fashion. It's not my God as far as not having people frown upon me. It's not my God as far as being popular or having stuff. I just, I follow Christ. He's getting those things out of my life. His Holy Spirit's working to accomplish that. He's overcome the world. He also overcame the world as he conquered sin when he hung on the cross, becoming sin for us. He conquered the world. He overcame the world. He overcame it when he took sin upon himself. You you, you think of every sin that has been committed. And to think that his work on the cross was sufficient to cover that, to free you from that, we went through and talked about the sins of the results of the fall as far as these millions of people that are killed. And the sexual sin and the stealing and the lying and all of the things. But let's just make this personal. Like your sin, my sin, our sin, every one of us. The Bible tells us that if we say that we are without sin, we lie and the truth isn't in us. Every one of us is sinful. And to think that when Jesus says be of good cheer for I have overcome the world the glory of knowing whatever sin you have ever committed the entirety of them all he overcame when he hung there on the cross. Taking your sin upon himself. Every one of them. So that the wrath of God would no longer be placed upon you. Be of good cheer. He's saying to his disciples as he's about ready to go to the cross, be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. I've overcome it. I conquered it. The sin that made it so that you were bound by these chains, made it so that you were a slave to sin, made it so that there was no possibility of you ever ever being right with God ever escaping the blackest darkness of eternal fire in hell those sins I have taken upon myself I have overcome the world the sin of Adam and Eve the sin of Cain the sin of everybody that has ever gone since I've overcome I have taken it upon myself that whosoever believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life radical He's telling them, be of good cheer. You're going to go through tribulation. You're going to go through hard time, but be of good cheer. You can have joy. You can have happiness. You don't have to be here, brothers and sisters, and just be just in despair of depression as if there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You don't have to be in a place where this is it, and your health is all that matters, or your relationships are all that matter, or the worldly possessions that you have are all that, that, that matter. You don't have to be in a place this morning where you're just like, oh, how on earth am I going to pay my property taxes, which are due tomorrow? You're not in a place where, be of good cheer, brothers and sisters. You're like, avoid the penalty, I'll pay it. Um, you, you, don't, you don't have to be in a place of just utter despair. He has overcome the world. He has taken your sin upon himself and he finished the work. He finished the work. Finished. If you come from a Roman Catholic background and in your mind you're thinking, well, I might go to purgatory. I might do, go, you know, have to pay for some of these things and do my part. Th- that is not a biblical concept. Nowhere in Scripture does it talk about purgatory. And the reason why is because there's no amount of suffering. There's no amount of anything that you could ever do to complete the work that Christ has already accomplished for you. He finished the work for you. Sin's Removed As far as the east is from the west. He's hurled them into the depths of the sea. He doesn't remember them anymore. They are gone. He has overcome the world. He's overcome the world because he's conquered death. Conquered it. Death. The hundreds of millions of people that died under the Black Plague. To the funeral that took place here yesterday to the funeral that will take place here this afternoon to your funeral that will come in due time. It is possible for you to die and to live again for all eternity in heaven. Making you alive a new creation in Christ sin removed from you righteousness placed on your account for all eternity with him you enter into the joy of the Lord you go to a place where there's fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore you go to where he is your God and you are his people and you will dwell with him forever there's no need for the sun because he shines in all of his glory and you'll spend eternity there He's taken the sting of death and he removed it from us. Because he placed it upon Christ when he was on the cross. The sting of death is upon was upon Christ. To where, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, your final breath here on earth will be followed by the most glorious breath in heaven, where you'll spend eternity with him. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He conquered the devil. Conquered him. As far as the devil trying to kill Jesus when he was there as a little baby, the devil tempting people and just bring him into a place of further despair and further despair and further despair. He tells us the end of the the game, the end of the road for the devil, and that is eternity. Eternity bound in hell. Eternity. He's defeated the devil, conquered him. And I can assure you, he's a God who is sovereign over all things. He tells us, I've overcome the world, and part of that means that he has the ability by his sovereign word to say, and I work all things together for good to those who love me and are the called according to his purpose. Not only have I overcome the world, but it works out practically for us on a daily basis. His sovereign hand does not let a a sparrow fall to the ground apart from his will. His sovereign hand is actively involved in your life. His, his, his sovereign hand is, is, is ministering to you as your glorious, loving Heavenly Father that is taking your life and working things together for good. Even when things come into your life that you don't want, trials and tribulations and difficulty, it's not as if you're all by yourself. He is a God that knows all things and is working in you and He's molding you and He's conforming you into His image. And He tells you that you could be assured that whatever it is that you're going through, He will work that together for good in your life. Even pain, even tears, even weeping, even loneliness, whatever it is, He will work that together for good in your life. He overcame the world, He did it. He conquered sin, He conquered death, He conquered the enemy, and He works in our lives for the good. He will not give you something that's bad. He who began the good work and you'll be faithful to complete it and he will do that work in you. There's just such great confidence. I mean, there's no wonder why he says to them, okay, you guys, be of good cheer. You need to understand what it is that I have done for you. Glory of that. We sit here in these pews as white as snow. No wrath upon you enemy can't do anything to you that God does not allow you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit for all eternity no one can snatch you out of his hand no one can bring a charge against you he will work all things together for good in your life and you can be assured that and as a result of Christ's work upon the cross, his perfect life, his death, his resurrection, that you will spend eternity with him. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse three, he says that John says, "I heard a loud voice from heaven saying this: "Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men." And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Think about the fall where we started. And think about all of the sin. Think about the fact that it wasn't that man just scraped his knee. It wasn't that he was just sick and needed a little bit of help. He died at the fall. And, and, and you think of all of the sin that's there. You think of the sin that is within yourself where your sin was so severe that you never would have gone after God had his Holy Spirit not drawn you. You hated the light. You loved darkness. That's the place that God tells us that you were. I mean, you maybe grew up like in the self-esteem movement to where everybody said, like, dude, you're wonderful. You're amazing. You're the best. You need a trophy. You maybe grew up in that time frame, but the bottom line is you're not. You're not. You're, you, you are a sinner in desperate need of the grace of God. And he's given it to you. Think of the creator, the holy creator of this universe saying, I will, I will dwell with them. I will dwell with them. They shall be my people. God himself will be with them and be their God. I'll be with you for all eternity. I'll be with you. The only reason why that is said in Revelation 21 is because Christ overcame the world. It never should say anything like that had not Christ come, lived a perfect life, and died and was buried and rose again. To think that God says, there to John, it said to him that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The opposite is eternity in hell, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. But to think Christ has overcome the world to now where his people, he says, I'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death. Nor sorrow. Nor crying. There'll be no more pain. You see, the, the former things have passed away. He has conquered sin in death, he has overcome the world. I love how it tells us that he who sat on the throne following this just says to John's hearing all this is taking place, and he who sits on the throne just says, Behold, I make all things new. It's all new. And then he says to John, God says to John, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Write them down. I have overcome the world. I hold the keys. I hold the keys. I have made it so that all things will be made new. I've made it so that you will no longer cry. You will no longer have sorrow. You'll no longer have pain. I've made it so that you have a right relationship with me to where you are now made holy and you get to spend eternity with me. And then he, from the throne, from the throne, specifically says to John, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. There is this radical thing that was taking place where Christ is there in the final hours of his life going to the disciples. This is what's going to happen in this life. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It is radically, radically different. Now, I've won. I've won. I'll close with this. Romans 8. So, what do we say to these things? What do we say to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who should bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? Who's going to condemn you? It's Christ who died. Furthermore, is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God. And who also makes intercession for us. And so, who's going to separate you? From the love of Christ, will tribulation? No. Distress? No. Persecution? Absolutely not. Famine. Nakedness. After you pay your taxes tomorrow. Peril Our Lord. He has overcome the world. And in 1 John chapter 5, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And so you sit here this morning and you hear the Lord say, I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Who are those people who should be of good cheer? Those who are also overcomers. And who are those who are overcomers? Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Who are overcomers? Those who have faith in the work of Christ upon the cross, his death, and his resurrection. So, may today be today the day of salvation for you. Believe upon him. Be an overcomer. For be of good cheer. Christ has overcome the world. Amen. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for the power of your words to these disciples there. The final hours of your life. To tell them to be of good cheer, even though they're about to see their friend, their Savior die. To be of good cheer, even though they're about to face incredible tribulation. To be of good cheer with whatever the world threw out them because Christ has overcome the world. I know, Lord, that there has to be people here that are just having heartache this morning, struggling with depression this morning. Um, being in a place where there's just trials and difficulty, things that seem just overwhelming to them, much like these disciples were about ready to face. And and, and I pray, Lord, that on this morning and throughout the days of their lives, our lives, that we would be of good cheer knowing the one thing, that you have overcome the world. And by faith, we can have that same inheritance of being overcomers as well. Praise you for that, Lord. Be glorified now through the praises of your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.